if you didn't watch Thursday Night Football, you missed a great game. The Rams hold off the Vikings 38-31 to in a shootout. Both quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, throw for over 400 yards. Cousins threw for 422 yards. He was 36 of 50 with three TDs. Jared Goff, 26 of 33 for 465 yards and five TDs. This game was exciting. It was entertaining from start to end. This was a good one. That said, the Vikings fall to one, two, and one. That's just an ugly record all the way around. And the Rams go to 4-0, the first time they've been 4-0 since 2001. Congrats. In NBA news, I think the fracture between owner Glenn Taylor, coach and team president Tom Thibodeau, is a lot bigger than most people think. Thibodeau was given a direct order from Taylor. He wants to move Jimmy Butler. It's no secret Butler wants out of Minnesota. He's also given a list of his teams he wants to go to, with that being the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Today, he added another team to that list, the Miami Heat. Miami wants Butler. Butler wants Miami. The problem is, what assets do the Heat have that the Timberwolves would want? I mean, from a basketball standpoint, maybe the two most valuable players in terms of their age, potential, and upside would have to be Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow. And I don't see Pat Riley trying to give up both of those guys. But to me, that's what it would take to get Jimmy Butler. I'm just not sure Tibbs is really serious about trying to move Jimmy Butler. And I'm starting to think he isn't. They had talks with the Sixers. And Minnesota said to get Jimmy Butler, they're going to need Ben Simmons. Which lets you know you're not really trying to move him because that can't be a serious ask. I'd be shocked if the Sixers just didn't bang on him right in that moment. Ben Simmons for Jimmy Butler. Look, again, I've said this before. I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. You're talking about a guy who was unsung, came out of nowhere, worked himself into becoming a starter, and then made himself into an NBA All-Star. He's a four-time All-Star. He's been on the All-NBA defense four times. He's an elite talent. But he's also a player with a lot of miles on a body that seems to be breaking down constantly. Jimmy Butler's only played 82 games once in his NBA career, and that was in his second season when he was only a rotation player getting 26 minutes a game. Since then, he's played 67 games, 65 games, 67 again, and his last season in Chicago, he played in 76 games which brings us to this past season with the Timberwolves where he played 59 games. I think the wear and tear of the heavy minutes have taken a toll on him. I'm not saying he can't still play at a high level, but what I'm saying is if you're going to invest in Jimmy Butler, you better be a team that already has two stars to where Jimmy Butler could be more like the third option, not have to play major minutes and not have to be called on to create his own shot and do the work or carry the workload that he's had to carry since those last few years in Chicago and this past season with the Timberwolves. Think about this. 38 minutes, 38 minutes, 36 minutes, 37 minutes, and 36 minutes again. Those are the minutes played per game 
for Jimmy Butler the last five seasons. Then factor in the minutes he played in, in the playoffs for the Bulls. 40 minutes, 43 minutes, 42 minutes, 39 minutes. Last season in the playoffs with the Timberwolves, now he only played 34 minutes, but that's because they were getting waxed by the Rockets. That wasn't a good series. But my point is, I think with a guy like Jimmy Butler, even though he's only 29, his 29 is a lot more like he's 32. I think he can still play at a high level, but I think you can get more if you play him less minutes. I think you could have more of him late in games. He'll be fresher and a lot less worn down. I know he sees himself as a number one option. But if he wants to extend his career and truly be part of a team that can contend and win a title, he's got to be a little bit more realistic about his future. And any team looking to get him, including the Miami Heat, they have to take a closer look at the minutes played, the wear and tear on his body, and what you think he's going to project to be three or four years from now. Because remember, he's going into free agency and he's a guy looking to make a max contract. Do you want to invest upwards of 175 to 180 million dollars on a 29-year-old with a lot of wear and tear on his body? Pat Riley's a smart guy. But even Pat Riley has to realize bringing in Butler, I think you're going to get a bigger name than game. He might want to stick with the young core that he's gotten and make smarter moves. I like Jimmy Butler, but the price for him, I think, is going to be too high ultimately. And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler doesn't have value. But if I'm in the Jimmy Butler market, I'd be cautious about how much I'm willing to spend and how much I'm willing to give up. There's no shortage of teams that are pursuing him. But the cautious teams are sitting back realizing that he's going to be a rental for the most part. He's already told you the three or four teams he's actually interested in making a home with. So if you're a team like the Raptors or a team like the Sixers or any other team outside of those four, it's a rental and it'll be an expensive rental if you give up one of your core players, which wouldn't make any sense. I think what's going to have to happen is for him to actually get moved. I think Glenn Taylor is going to go bypass Tom Thibodeau and the GM and make the deal himself. I think eventually, because I think this fracture organizational wise is bigger than most think. I think Tom Thibodeau will be leaving when Jimmy leaves. In other NBA news, there's no shortage of opinions about where the Los Angeles Lakers will finish in terms of seeds in the Western Conference. Most analysts have the Lakers finishing, finishing in the back six, somewhere around the eighth seed. Others have them completely out of the playoff pitchers, while some go the other. Now, while I do believe that it's going to take some time for the Laker team to gel and develop some kind of chemistry, and I think they're going to be a lot better team the second half of the season than they will be the first half of the season, I have them being a fourth seed maybe a fifth seed at worst. And I think there's no question they're going to win a first-round playoff series, maybe even still a second. But in the end, as talented as LeBron James is, and we recognize him as the best player in the league, no question, 
And Rajon Rondo is a great floor general, great on the floor leader. I still think with the development of Kuzma and Ingram and Lonzo, and really KCP is only 25 in his, his own right, not to mention Mo Wagner and other young players. I think the development of these Lakers will come gradually. And I don't think they're going to develop quick enough to really be able to make a very deep playoff run. But I will say this. Do I think out of the three, I'm talking about Lonzo, I'm talking about Kuzma and Ingram, could one of them make a leap forward and be a borderline star? Yes, I do think that. I know all three want that. I know all three put the work in, especially Kuzma and Ingram. But I think if anybody's going to make that next step forward and become a star or borderline all-star this season, it's going to be Ingram. And if he can do that and sustain that productivity over the course of a season, that changes everything because that gives the Lakers another go-to guy. That gives the Lakers another guy that when they're struggling, when another team is cutting into a lead, that gives them a guy that can get a bucket. I look for Brandon Ingram to be a lot more assertive this season than last season. And I thought last season he made a a huge leap forward in terms of being aggressive and effective attacking the basket. No, the Los Angeles Lakers aren't a title contender as presently constructed. But barring injury and no one can predict health, I'm always quick to say that this current roster is more than good enough to be a fourth or fifth seed in the West and more than good enough to win for sure a first-round series and maybe even still a second-round series. And who knows, if Magic Johnson, Rob Kalinka can pull off a deal, that changes everything. But for Sir Charles and others to say the Lakers are an eighth seed or not even going to make the playoffs, that's crazy talk. I believe that comes, I believe comes season's end. I don't think that you're going to find anybody outside of the Golden State Warriors that can take them out of the West. But Stephen A. saying only the Warriors can beat the Lakers in a series, that's crazy as well. This team has talent. It has the best player in the game. It has length. I think they have versatility that's underrated. But the Rockets, with the combination of Chris Paul and James Harden, the development of Clint Capella, the additions of Carmelo Anthony, Brandon Knight, I think the Houston Rockets, again, are going to be the biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors. As much as I would like to see the Lakers beat the Rockets, I'm smart enough and realistic enough to know that's not going to happen. Anybody that thinks differently in terms of the Lakers and the Rockets, I would say. It's the cypher. I'll get back to you. On tomorrow's show, I'll do my NFL picks, and I want to get into some second and third year NBA players looking for bounce back and breakout seasons. You can catch me on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, and Play Radio Public. Good looking out, Facebook fam. Shout out to Anchor. Keep hitting me up in the inboxes. Love the responses. We'll probably do Facebook responses on Monday. If not, we'll do a special show over the weekend to get that out the way. Much love. It's the Cypher. Next time.